You may be seated today. Um, going to have you, if you would, we're going to read from 1 John 1, and I'm going to read verses 5 through 10, actually. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. You know, that's the hesitation you heard in my word today or in my prayer today was a lot of you have a false idea of Christianity. And I think it's false because you don't recognize the light in it and you're walking in the darkness in it. And again, that's probably didn't make a lot of sense. But if we recognized who Jesus was, man, we'd be tearing this world up. This world wouldn't get us down at all. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he, Jesus, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Man, them's rejoicing words there. If we say we have no sin... We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay. I know that you're applauding to hear George Beverly Shea sing again. But instead, I think I'm going to ask him to come and join me and Cliff Barras in a song. Are you serious? Yes. I'm serious. The only problem is, I sometimes forget the lyrics. So you'll forgive me. But we're going to, we haven't practiced it in some time. What are we going to sing? <laughs> the only one we know. <laughs> this the light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This the light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I don't know if we're going to No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. This is the light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, 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 shine. This is the light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine. This is the light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> now you know why I don't sing. I, I do the same. No, but I looked around the church and I was watching it in the back, and and I could tell those that grew up with Billy Graham, and I could tell those that are like, "What is Pastor doing today? This is so nerdy." <laughs> I could just read it across the faces, but 
But this is a song that Oakton has been singing since I was a child in Mary Lisher's class when she would sing this song with us. Uh, my children were raised singing this song with Wilma McKibben and Jane Garfield and many others, Marilyn and even my mother. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And guys, that's what the Lord put on my heart for today. Uh, as I had already put the service together, the scriptures I was using were again 1 John 1, John 8, 12, Ephesians 5, 8. But every scripture I use is what the author, Harold Dixon uh, Lowe's, I think is how he says his name, wrote this in 1920 based on the scripture. The same scripture of letting our light shine. And, and guys, maybe you need to get a little more excited if you couldn't laugh and enjoy that today. Maybe we should get a little more excited and let our light shine because we've let darkness in too much. And, and guys, we need to, to shine so bright now more than ever. And the Lord is putting on my heart, we're not shining like we can be. Because we have allowed darkness in our lives. And so today, as I was thinking about this, this whole sermon was basically based off of, I decided to start exercising riding this bike. Uh, over the past 25 years, I've tried to do something up and down Oakton Road every day and, and, and started out running. The older I got, it, it got into this, that, and now it's into biking. But, but lately, I've been getting calls and, and one even called my mother. I've been getting honked at because I haven't let my light shine when I'm riding this. People can't see me. And I thought, what's the difference? Uh, I got a good brother that practically when I was out running one day, uh, didn't see me. And I literally dove in the ditch to keep from getting hit. Uh, so my light wasn't shining bright enough then apparently either. But, but, but one of them called my mom and said, you know, Kent needs me putting the light on that bike. His light needs to shine so they don't get run over. And I thought, man, will that not preach? Will that not preach? If our light's not shining, we're going to get run over. But out of curiosity, I thought, Lord's doing something here. So I looked it up and, and thought, what is the leading death in bicycle accidents? And I looked it up and last year, uh, 2020, excuse me, there was 1,260 people who died in bicycle accidents, up 16%. There was 500,000 people uh, that, that uh, had an accident on the bicycle just last in 2020, and it was up 5%. Now, I'm thinking about you guys. You're probably thinking about the bikers that go down 126. You wish they would do something to make themselves visible, because how many times have we dodged one of those bikers? They need to let their light shine. But as I was studying all this and, and looking, I thought, well, what's... What's the reason behind this? And I looked it up and the leading cause, slide three, the leading cause of bicycle deaths and accidents are, number one, failure to yield the right of way. Number two, not being visible. The two leading causes of death when you're out riding your bicycle, 
And anyway, I thought about that, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's the same leading leading causes of death for people. They don't yield to Christ to begin with, and when they do, they're not visible. Whew. That's what the Holy Spirit told me, so if that upsets you today, then take it up with the Lord, because I really believe it was from the Lord. But the main reasons Christian people struggle in this world is, one, they hadn't received Jesus' salvation. They haven't accepted Jesus Christ of Lord. They haven't yielded to him. They haven't given him the right of way, and it causes death. The second leading cause is you're not visible. Your light's not shining, and, and the Lord really hit me. Is the church visible? If the church was visible, would the America be in the conditions it's in today? So as I thought about these things, we're going to start off with point number one. Failure to yield to the light. It's pretty dark when you don't yield to the light. First John, uh, we read today, 1 5 said, God is light and in him there is no darkness. We see in the scripture that both angelic beings and human beings are in hell, darkness for the same reason, sin. Romans 6 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there may be people in this room today that are living in darkness. They're they're living in sin and they need Jesus to shine in their life. Today's the day. Confess him, yield to him, and and you won't die. You see, death is eternity without God. Uh, We may die a physical death, but eternity is the final death, and it's without God. But Jesus says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So when we receive Jesus, he brings light. We're seeing that that God is light, that Jesus is light, and that the Holy Spirit is light. And those who choose them are light. But we see that the world, Satan, sin, everything around us is darkness that's not a part of them. Even in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And what did he do? But he created light. He took power over darkness. You see, darkness is the opposite of God. Darkness is uh, the enemy of God, if you will. Ephesians 6.12, when it talks about spiritual warfare, it says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So we're at war with darkness. Sin is darkness. And all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. All people are sinners. That's why we need to accept Christ into our life so that he can shine through us. John 8, 12 was saying, claiming Jesus was claim, claiming that whoever believes in him will enjoy the light that comes from God's presence that produces light. So let your light shine. It'll be natural. Jesus has delivered us from the, the domain of darkness and transformed us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. Let your light shine. When you accept Jesus as Lord, your light shines. You see, there may be darkness over here, but you receive the light and it shines. Light always overtakes the darkness. So this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Is that better, Heather? Heather's up here going, it is my natural light. But but this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. So it's your choice whether you're going to shine or not. You can choose not to shine. You can choose not to. But today you can choose to shine. You can choose to be who you are. When you turn on the lights in your life, it'll protect you from the enemy. Because your light's shining and the protection of the God comes around you. As I already showed you, your light will always cut through darkness. And your light will never stop shining. You know, I was thinking about Joe Bartlett. You know, he passed away Saturday or Friday, excuse me. And I believe his light is shining brighter now than ever. I believe it's illuminating and it just blown up because your light never stops shining when you receive Jesus. Joe's in heaven with the Lord today because he allowed his light to shine here on earth. It never stops shining. It's your choice. So how do we receive this light? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses is saved. So point two today, then walk in the light. First John 1 John 1.7 said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. As I was riding my bike and thinking about this, that when I do let my light shine, man, the bugs are drawn to it. I've swallowed so many bugs since I got this light. I get them stuck in my teeth. I get them stuck in my eyes. And and guys, the light 
draws people. And, and, and it draws people in that we may think are bugs stuck in our teeth. It draws people in that, that get in our eyes and we don't want to deal with them. But light draws people in. And, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. We need to be telling people about Jesus more now than ever. But the other thing that happens is, as people are drawn in, and I want to talk about this first, when those bugs are drawn in and we start swallowing, we start eating them, we get comfortable with them. And these bugs get into our lives and, and, and begin to cause us not to shine. It causes our light to go down and dim and, and we get into a dangerous place. And so God helps us guard. You know, when I'm out riding, I try to guard from the bugs coming in my mouth. But, but when a bug does come into my mouth, I think, uh, is there a sin in my life that maybe I've allowed in that we need to spit out? Is there a sin that maybe got into my eye that's, that's blocking my vision that maybe I need to get rid of? Things that we allow into our life will dim our light if we're not careful. And so as I was thinking of this song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I thought of thinking, you know, this little light of mine, I'm not going to let sports blow it out. This little light of mine, I'm not going to let work blow it out. You know, I'm so excited because the Lord, I think, has given me a word for next week, and I want to work on it, but I haven't got past this one yet. But I want to talk about freedom, but the Lord revealed something to me about the Sabbath that I never thought of. We, we think the Sabbath is something we have to do when it's something we get to do. If your light's shining, you want to go to the Sabbath. You want to come out and hear me preach. You want to hear the worship. I'm not going to let alcohol blow it out. No, I'm going to let it shine. I'm not going to let sexual immorality blow it out. No, I'm going to let it shine. Just thinking about these things this week. Told you guys I was going to talk about conference last week and I didn't get in into it, but, but I'm going to jump around on you guys today, but but slide 15 is some votes, some petitions that went on a conference with the United Methodist Church. The one here on the, the left here, your left, is the disaffiliation approval. Uh, there were 744 that were there to vote, and we needed 373 to get approval. And there was 699 yes votes, which is 93.95%. So we are legally no longer United Methodist Church. It's passed. 
Yeah, you can clap your hands if you want. That's okay. Next week, we're going to be celebrating the new launch. And, and guys, don't think the community's not asking about what's going on. I had a, had a lady ask me this week, did, did Oakland close down and we didn't know about it? People think our doors were closed and we hadn't even been in church. So there's lots of things going down in the, around in the neighborhood. So you have an opportunity to let your light shine and invite somebody to church. Because they're curious of what's going on. But, but there's other votes that went out, and I have a copy of one of them, but there is uh, the first petition I don't have up behind me is a regional conference. And a regional conference means that, that if passed, it would give the United States, uh, uh, make it legal for them to do their own thing, basically. And that was approved, and, and if approved at general conference is a big deal. So when the other world doesn't agree with what the United States is doing, the United States can do their own thing. The second was the removal of harmful language in the book of discipline. And we get attacked so many times that, that we're homosexual haters and that's such lies. Those that got out are homosexual haters. That, that is such a lie. I'm good friends with homosexuals. I'm close with some people that profess to be gay and I love them just the same way as I love you and some probably even more. But the removal of harmful language petition, when you got to digging into it, it removes the status of marriage between a man and a woman. It removes the language that affirms heterosexual marriage from the discipline. It removes the language the UNC uh, does not uh, condone practice of homosexuality and considers it uh, incompatible with Christian living. That goes away. Paragraph 304 goes away, meaning uh, pastors can be gay. Paragraph 34 and 46 goes away, meaning churches can't stop a gay marriage in their church. Paragraph 613 says that, that they can now fund gay caucuses. It goes away. They can now fund gay caucuses or groups. Paragraph 415.6 goes away that keeps the bishops from approving homosexual pastors. Now homosexual pastors can be approved. Paragraph 20 or 271.13 or 271.13, it goes away, removing any disciplinary action if this would, would happen. Paragraph 2702.1 goes away, removes any chargeable offenses to pastors or churches if they would do these things. Somebody just texted me, my light's still on. Yes, it is, and I plan to keep it on. This was approved at Missouri Annual Conference. 712 voters was needed, 357 to carry. Uh, 499 voted 70% yes. Uh, 29% voted no. Guys, even if the conservative vote would have all been there, this would have passed. In my home church, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And I didn't want to go that way today with this, but we are confronted with so many things in the world that that when we accept something, it's actually bringing harm to people. And we need to be careful of that. Because we don't want to hurt anybody.
No, I'm not going to lose my witness. No, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. So the scripture that we have today is you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp, put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, the believer doesn't hide his belief in Jesus. It's not hidden. Everyone knows you're a child of God. Jesus stands out in your life. And it should be Jesus' love stands out in your life. The light of Jesus lights up the house when you walk in. People see your good works and they give glory to your Father for you. When the enemy sees you coming, he runs and hides because the light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. No, not going to let my witness, not going to lose my witness. No, I'm going to let it shine. Ephesians 5, 8 says, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Slide chance in is John Wesley. And, and anyway, this is uh, the words that he said. But you have nothing to do but save souls. Therefore, spend and be spent in this work and go not only to those that need you, but to those that need you most. It is not your business to preach so many times and to take care of this or that society community, but to save as many souls as you can to bring as many sinners as possible, possibly you can to repentance. John Wesley was saying in the Global Methodist Church that that we united with is saying that we're going to embrace this idea. That we're going to let our light shine in love and we're going to go after everybody. And everybody's going to be welcome in our church. Every person's going to be welcome in this church body. And guys, we're all sinners. And we're going to welcome all sinners into this body. And we're going to allow our light to shine into those people. You have nothing better to do than win people to Jesus Christ. Paul had nothing better to do than lead people to Jesus Christ. The disciples had nothing better to do than lead people to Jesus Christ. You have nothing better to do than lead people to Jesus Christ. I was hoping you guys were jumping up and down. Reverend Charles Spurgeon said this, and so I'll get a little tougher. And it's really made me think this week. But if you have no desire to bring others to heaven, you're not going there yourself. Pretty tough, isn't it? And I got to thinking about that, and you've always heard me say this, but but again, slide 12, I I bought these peach trees, and I cannot believe... These trees are fresh from the store. And the little picture, I don't know if you can see it, but I had two of them, 
And I had 50 peaches on a yearling, if you will. I mean, it's older than that. But but look at the production. It's natural that this tree produces fruit. Fruit. And guys, if a fruit tree doesn't produce fruit, what do you do? If your crop isn't producing a crop, your wheat wasn't producing this year, you bailed it. Or you brush hog it down and so you can put some beans in that will produce. So why is it hard on us when Charles Spurgeon says, if you have no desire to bring others to heaven, you are not going there yourself. When it's the same principle of life. America is experiencing some of the darkest times ever. Where's the church? Where's the church? Where's the believer? You know, the conversation I had earlier, all it does is distract and cause problems, uh, uh, causes enemy, causes people to be mad at each other. Because we're talking about it more than Jesus and the church and who we are. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Nope, I'm not going to let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. How many of you have let Satan blow your light out? It's tough, guys. When you make a stand for Jesus, it gets lonely sometimes. But Jesus created the book out of love. And he created that book to protect us from hurtful, harmful things out of love. He knows the effect and result of sin that's mentioned in the Bible. God isn't a, you do this and you're going to hell, you do that, you're going to hell, 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 hell. It's your choice. God's helping us make the right choices. Just like I was telling you, I don't like the bugs in my mouth sometimes. Well, guys, your pastor deals with sins all the time. Oh, I'm without sin. Neither are you. When we find out a sin, if we're faithful and just to confess that sin... He's faithful and just to forgive us of that sin and deliver us from all unrighteousness. So as I walk through life and these bugs hit in, I deal with them. Because I know it separates me from God. But guys, the church... We are responsible. And you say, why are you talking about your personal life? Then you go back to the church... Because if our lives aren't in tune with Jesus, then how are we going to be effective as a church? First Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possessions, 
that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're a royal priesthood. You're chosen to shine. Those that choose Jesus are chosen in a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, meaning you're now God's possession. No sin's going to keep you from God. You're proclaiming his excellences, his excellencies. Think about that. Your excellency as he walks in the room. You're proclaiming that to everyone you come in contact with. You're fighting to protect those that you come in contact with. We're proclaiming that Jesus saved us from the darkness and he can do the same for you. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Light is love, so I hope you're shining in love. Even in my home, I'm going to let it shine. Even when I see my neighbor, I'm going to let it shine. Everywhere I go, I'm going to let it shine. Hiding under a bushel, no. No, I'm going to let it shine. No, I'm not going to let Satan blow it out. No, I'm going to let it shine. But the last verse, and you can read many lyrics on this song that was wrote in 1920. But this one here probably touched me the most. Jesus gave it to me. I'm going to let it shine. Jesus gave it to me. I'm going to let it shine. Jesus gave it to me. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Oh, let it shine. I think Cook was one of the first ones that sang this. And anyway, at the end of the each word there, I can't find it now, but he'd say something that it caught my ear. He would say after the end, oh, I'm going to let it shine to show my lover. I'm going to let it shine to show my lover. I care for him more than I love this sin that I so much cherish. I'm going to let it shine for my lover even when I'm uncomfortable in telling somebody about Jesus. I'm going to let it shine, oh, for my lover. It's hard for guys to understand to call Jesus a lover. Or, you know, women could probably get into that a little bit more. But, but when you truly love someone, you're faithful to them. That's why we let it shine. How many people have you witnessed to and told somebody about Jesus last week? I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands because I'm just not. <laughs> I think it would surprise us. How many people 
have we witnessed to in the last month? Really, how many people have you led to Jesus? Have you led one to Jesus? Let me ask you an easier question. How many of you invited somebody next week or even today? I showed you the chart a couple weeks ago that showed that that most anything a pastor or staff does at the most will affect 4% of the population. At the most, 4%. Most of us in the 2 to 3 range or even lower. But the personal contact that you have with people you know every day, friends and family and work, it was like 75% would choose Christ. So who have you shared Christ with this past week? Who have you prayed for that, that maybe be feeling hurtful? By some of the words that, that we preach. Well, I don't care what they think. They can come alongside and get out. If we have that attitude, don't invite anybody. But who have you invited next week? You know, my goal would be that you lead someone to Christ, bring them to church, and I'll baptize them. Man, wouldn't it be awesome if we baptized somebody every week that had received salvation, deliverance? That's why I get so aggravated on this uh, this whole deal with the UMC because we're tagged as gay haters. That's so untrue. I've, I've, I've witnessed to more gay people than you could imagine and talk to them and friends with them. I'm not saying to alienate them. I'm saying to love them. But what about the, the drug hag that we laugh at? We make fun of them. When you're around them, I never see them. And you're beside them every day. What about the alcoholic that you smell beer on their breath every day? Well, Pastor Kent, you need to go witness to them. I can't. But what about the families that are just torn up? And they need Jesus. When I say relaunching Oakton, I'm saying relaunching Oakton to win souls. And my goal is that we do save somebody every week. Because even in the early church, 3,000 were saved, 5,000 were saved. Then it went on to say someone was saved daily. Daily. That's where John Wesley said you have nothing better to do than lead someone to Christ. The disciples had nothing better to do 
than give their lives leading somebody to Christ. You have nothing better to do than lead someone to Christ. And we need to get that back in our heads. I think we need to repent of allowing things to be more important than that. Even as pastors, I do all the pastoral things. My heart yearns to love and lead somebody to Christ. And all I do is good things, Bible things. So today, if you have no desire to bring others to heaven, maybe you need to get saved today. Pretty tough, isn't it? Well, I'm not around nobody, Pastor. Baloney. I tried to alienate myself yesterday and told Karen, I don't want to deal with any people today. And no matter what I did, I was around people. And I talked to a young boy because a football went flying by my head in the pool and it was Chicago Bears. And I picked it up and I go, are you serious? And he goes, Fields is going to take him to the Super Bowl. And we had a conversation. Don't tell me there's not opportunities. We just are got too many bugs in our teeth. Too many bugs in our eyes. And to be honest with you, are we shining like we should? I know I've got to repent of it. Because I'm not shining like I should. But praise God that he loves me and praise God for the forgiveness of sins. That once we choose him, that light never goes out. Unless we say we don't want you no more. So, stand to your feet today. I challenge you to come out next week. I'm going to try to win that that Gearheads Award for free oil change is what I want to do. And I've spent some money on that. But what effort have you put into to inviting somebody out next week? What effort have you put into to leading somebody to Christ? What money have you spent to lead somebody to Christ? Man, I pray this church is so full next week of people that you brought to Christ that we, we have to go to other services. But we need to do an examination of our hearts and our souls. And if you're like me, you got some bugs to pick out. It's a job to keep your teeth clean. <laughs> Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Father, I ask that your word said today will stick on us and, 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 and bring us to repentance. Father, I ask that my words would fall away and they'd never think about them again. So, Lord, what your Holy Spirit has spoken today, Lord, let it well up and let it overflow out. And, Father, I do pray for the souls, Lord. I pray for the harvest. And, Father, I pray for the harvesters. Father, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Lord, I pray for the workers to raise up and shine. And, Father, today I ask that you help us recognize we have nothing better to do than to proclaim your words. To proclaim you and to proclaim your love and to let us shine bright for you. Father, let us be that lighthouse you've called us to be. In Jesus' name.